0: Welcome to Top Shelf Talks. I am Chris Gickler, your host. The information provided in this podcast should be considered informational only and not be taken for legal, tax, or specific financial advice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and or their guests only. Welcome everybody back to Top Shelf Talks. This is Chris Gickler, your host. And this is episode three of our financial planning series with Tom Costantiello from Consus Wealth Management. How are you doing today, Tom?
1: Great, Chris. Thanks for having me on today.
0: The last two episodes, we've talked about a financial plan, introduction to that financial plan, the importance of a financial plan. And in this episode, we're going to talk about How do we make that happen? The methodologies that are there to make that happen right out of the gate. You know, we have our financial plan. We have our roadmap. Now we're ready to execute the roadmap. And I know you and I have talked in the past several times about the buckets. We always have the now bucket, the intermediate bucket, and then the long-term bucket. For our listeners, could you just quickly go through and kind of give what those buckets are and why they're there and what they really mean?
1: Yeah, You know, when we look at the bucket strategy or what we call buckets, you've got your three buckets and that's your now bucket, which is your emergency reserves or savings. Generally, you're not going to get much return on them, but you don't have to worry about a market loss uh, or that value going down. It's there. It's stable. One of the disadvantages, of course, to the now money is with inflation being, you know, eight and a half percent, nine percent and getting next to nothing uh, at the bank. You know, you're really losing money, you know, to inflation every year you keep that money there. However, that money in the now bucket serves a particular purpose, and that's being able to get to it when you need it uh, in a hurry and not have the value decline. So that's your now money. Your soon money is money generally that you don't need uh, for two to five years. You can let it sit. You can maybe purchase, you know, a longer term investment like a CD uh, or intermediate bond. The goal there is to try to at least keep pace with inflation. So not really going to make a lot of money. You're not going to outpace inflation, but you're not going to lose per se. And then the third bucket is your later bucket. And that's money that's generally going to be five years or more. And that's the money that you're going to invest in, you know, growth mutual funds, stocks, things like that, real estate, to get that money to grow more than inflation so that your money outpaces inflation so that that, those dollars down the road are worth more than the inflation dollar.
0: I think that's a great explanation, those buckets. And when you sit down and start thinking about it, each one of those buckets has a unique purpose, one being liquidity, deal when you need that money quickly for emergency broken down car, house need a roof or whatever the case may be. Now, I'm in the accumulating stage. I'm in my early 30s. Maybe I just have a growing family and I'm in that accumulating stage. It's Is it still important to get those buckets set up? And is there an order of operation to get those buckets set up?
1: Absolutely. I think you always want to have the you know the now bucket set up and you want to have at least 3 months of after-tax expenses. So, you know, if your monthly expenses are $5,000 a month, your goal should be to have about 15,000 in the now bucket before you really start to invest.
0: And again, I'm in this accumulating, you know, I'm start, I'm starting to put my way retirement money in a 401k. I really start need to start thinking about retirement even though it's 20, 30 years away, right? I mean, I need to think about do I put this in a tax deferred Do I put it in a tax-free? Do I put it in just a regular old investment? So I'm in the accumulating phase. What can you give our listeners a little bit of advice to just structure that through the accumulating phase?
1: Yeah, I think we talked about it in one of our previous episodes. Really, you need to determine, in my opinion, you need to determine how much money you want to have saved. And that is indicative of your goal. So if you want to retire at 60 and your monthly expenses are $5,000 a month and you know inflation used to be 3% a year but now it looks like it's a lot more than that but if you if you crunch those numbers it's going to give you a target a savings amount based upon what you are saving today or what you're able to save or what you can afford to save versus you know what you need that's going to kind of spell out how we should be investing your money and how aggressive, uh, moderate, or conservative you should be.
0: Moving on for our retirement, I mean, in our 50s, we've accumulated this huge amount of money, hopefully. Now we're looking at our financial plan saying, I think we're in good shape. And I think we talked in a previous episode. Unfortunately, you've had to have some difficult conversations with a few of your clients. But in this case, let's say you had that really good conversation. They're set up for success they want to work, I don't know, five more years. Then you look at it and say, okay, what's my structure? And I know we talked about it. Of course, you keep the emergency fund like you about in place. But then we look at this thing called growth versus income. And the one thing that would keep me up at night is I'm going to run out of money before I die. So as a financial planner, you sit down with somebody and say, how do I get you there so you can sleep well at night knowing you're not going to run
1: out of money. I think, you know, Chris, the number one concern, and I I don't know that people, I think they all feel it, but don't want to say it. And I think the number one worry for people is, yeah, is it going to last? You know, am I going to run out of money? And then I think the biggest fear you have today, especially if you are retired, is, wow, things are just going up. Things are skyrocketing and I'm on a fixed income. Am I going to be able to, to afford to live mm-hmm. 10 years, mm-hmm. 20 years down the road? And will I run out of money? And I think that's your number one retirement concern. You go from, psychologically, it's it's really hard to go from getting a paycheck on the first and the 15th of each month to no paycheck.
0: Using your assets that you've saved up, you're paying yourself back.
1: Right. And then, you know, if you're spending down that money, not a lot of people it, it's a very risky plan. Nick Murray, who is probably one of the advisors, and he's wrote a lot of books and a lot of educational materials for financial advisors, probably one of the guys I admire the most. But his rule of thumb is you need, if you, if you take your expenses, and let's say they're $60,000, you're going to divide that 60 by 0.045%. And that's going to give you, I do that math right now. I think I did that wrong. You're going to have to take sixty thousand times, so you'd have to have about a million and a half saved. Figure four, you know, forty five, and then half of that is going to really kind of give you what you need, so that you don't worry. And then if it's invested, you know, I would say growth, you know, like moderate growth is seventy percent stock, thirty percent bonds. That mix should grow an extra two or three percent over time helping that income grow with inflation as well. And, you know, keeping you from running out of money.
0: There are products out there that will help you sleep well at night, knowing that a portion of it is guaranteed. You're going to get a check every month, right? Somebody like you, that's a fiduciary, can offer them advice on doing, right? Well,
1: that, that goes back to the whole financial plan and retirement plan analysis. I mean, nobody, no two people are alike. Some folks are lucky enough to have a pension, right? and oftentimes, the folks that have a pension, they don't have a lot of extra money. They may have a little side fund that they've been saving into, but you know, their main concern isn't getting income because they're getting it, but for the rest of us that don't have pensions, it's really on us to make sure we're saving enough, and I think the number one mistake that I see people make is, A, they don't know how much money they need to have saved. And B, they're not getting the return that they need to get there. You know, I mean, you could say save more, but in reality, you know, most families, if you're a family of four making $150,000 a year, you know, you're maybe putting your six or 7% into your 401k to get the 4% match. But by the time, you know, you pay all your other bills and expenses and maybe go on a vacation, there's very little left over at the end. It's important. It's important very important, extremely important to make sure that money is working as hard as it can for you. And the sooner you know what those numbers need to be, the better your chances of getting to your retirement goal and not undershooting, but more than likely overshooting those goals.
0: Yeah, that's good. I mean, and again, we're in that accumulating phase of our lives. It's hard to predict some of that stuff. I'm with you, the person that has the pension they relied on the company. I, I don't know very many companies out there, unless it's tied to a union that's still offering a pension, something like the firemen's union or police or whatever. Pretty much, companies have walked away from it because they don't want the liability. They don't want to fund that for eternity while the people are taking the payouts. Of-
1: yeah, and but that you know, when you're talking about products and other things that are available out there, it's important if you if you have the right financial plan and you you go through the exercise. There are things that we can find that could help you create your own personal pension.
0: You're exactly right. That's kind of what I think we've been talking about.
1: That's right. You know, using some programs uh, that have some guarantees that can allow your money to still be invested 100% in the stock market, you know, a, a fallback so that if the market doesn't do so well in the next five years that you need it to, you still know with With 100% probability, what you're going to have in income. And it eliminates the worry of running out of money in retirement, knowing that that particular investment is going to provide you income for the rest of your life, thus never worrying about running out of money for maybe a portion of your portfolio. But, you know, once again, that's where that financial plan, and I don't mean to harp on it, but that's where that financial plan really makes sense. So that you understand exactly what your options are and what you can do
0: quickly to kind of um, wrap up here. But there's a couple of big elephants in the room as far as I'm concerned, and it involves the federal government. There's two pieces. I think you could probably read my mind where I'm going. One is Social Security. Is it going to be there? And the second part of it is taxes. What are taxes going to do? I know that you and I read about the same resources every week, and we pretty much know that tax rates are going to go up. I mean, the government has to figure out some way to fund this debt that they keep accumulating year over year. And then the second part of it is is that we all know how the Social Security Administration is funded. And if anybody doesn't know that, um, I'll put some resources in the description on the podcast I don't really want to get into that. That's probably a 30 minute conversation for us to have on how social security is funded. What are your thoughts on social security? I mean, as a young person, I'm concerned as a person that's plus 50, I'm not so concerned. What are your thoughts there about it? I know that you use social security and you can also, the client can request that you take social security out of a financial plan. What are your thoughts on that, Tom?
1: Well, I think social security it's too political not to be there and what they'll do with social security I, I think it'll always be there. But what'll happen is you know, currently if you make over 100 I don't 40,000 they no longer take social security out. Well, they can raise that. They might raise that to 200, right? Mm-hmm. They might you know that, that what's more likely going to happen is you're going to raise the threshold in which you pay social security tax v- versus uh, making it versus making it, you know, making us older to get it. That's what I think. But it's way too political um, to let it go away. And our country, unfortunately, needs needs it. A lot of people, I mean, probably 80% of folks out there rely on Social Security as their sole retirement income.
0: We have to remind everybody back in uh, FDR days when Social Security was actually started, it was a supplemental. It wasn't a primary. It was a supplemental program that was created to try to cr- to claw us out of the depression because you had an older sub, I think it was, I'd have to look at my resources, but I think it was in the, in the fifties that somebody could actually go and get social security deals. So, so moving on and then we can wrap up here is taxes. So, you know, with the Trump tax still implemented till 2026, are you on board with me? The taxes are going to go up now. We obviously don't have a crystal ball. We can't predict it, but does that change the way that you think your financial plan when you know those taxes, high, high probability of going up?
1: Well, yeah, that's another thing. I know we talked about running a financial plan, assuming a higher rate of inflation, you may want to run a financial plan, assuming a higher tax return too, or I mean, tax rate, I should say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, wh- where do they, I think we've talked about this before, but after world war two, the highest marginal tax rate was 93%. That's if you made over 200,000 or more. And there was a young actor who may, made, he, he made a hundred thousand dollars per movie. He only made two movies a year, okay? Yeah,
0: I know where you're going that with this.
1: actor, Yeah, that actor would later become president. That was Ronald Reagan. And when he took office, the highest marginal tax rate was 75. He lowered it to 50, and then we started this whole trickle down. Well, we are at the lowest tax rates in history at 37% uh, on the high side. Come 2026, we're going to go back to 39.6. It's funny. I don't know that rates will necessarily go up. I think they'll probably stay there. They could, we could see a 45 or a 50 down the road if things get really messy. But r- rates, either way you slice it, they're automatically going to go up in 2026. The other thing that I think will happen is when you look at the the brackets, the income brackets, to where you are at certain levels, mm-hmm. those levels I think will will go, in other words, you know, if you're making under $150,000, you might be in the 22% bracket. What could happen is, they could shrink those so that if you're at 150, you might be in a 32 bra- 32% bracket. Now, the highest marginal rate might be 39.6, but they can move that those targets, those brackets, and could put more people in a higher rate.
0: It's the typical behind the curtain pulling the levers, right? I mean, kind of the Correct. Wizard of Oz where on the front page news, if you raise the rate, it's going to be like, oh my God, they're raising the rate. But on the back end, you're like, well, we're not raising the rate, but you're putting more people in the pool.
1: So Correct. your end, revenue is
0: going to go that, up. So
1: that's exactly It's kind right. of a
0: smoking mirror thing. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I agree with you hundred percent. The tax in the overall tax coming out of our paychecks for folks that are above hundred to $150,000 will be going up somehow whether that's if you're indexed in a higher bracket or if the actual indexing of the brackets go up. So, well, again, um, it's been great. It's been a pleasure. I think this was a podcast for everybody. Um, Again, how can folks get a hold of you if they're interested in a financial plan?
1: Yeah. Once again, best way, just call me 614-310-0269. That's 614-310-0269 or email me Tom at Consuswmg.com. That's C O N S U S W M G.com. You know, once again, going back to some of these things we talked about, a lot of the stuff we can model. So, whatever, you know, is worrying you or, or keeping you up at night, talk to your financial advisor or professional because we can model all kinds of different scenarios. Because at the end of the day, we're only happy if you're happy. And if we can solve your problems and, and put some of your worries to ease, then we've done a good job.
0: And again, for everybody, I'll be putting some stuff in the description for resources about taxes and all the stuff that we've been talking about. So again, Tom, I appreciate it. And uh, until next time.
1: Great. Thanks, Chris. Have a good one.